Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Kat Napsok for another edition of Star Wars Rank. Me and a guest, ranking things in Star Wars, taking our favorite things and putting them up on a big board with numbers so that all the world can see. And to do that, and join me, <laughs> and for all the world watching, is Joseph Scripture. 
That was just a shockingly visual description of our podcast. Mm. I really liked it. Like we were <laughs> on some jumbotron screen and we've got this board. It's like, look, number mm. five of best okay. jackets is this. Clearly, right? So uh, yeah. visual. I, 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 I envisioned us in a Vegas sports book, just throwing things up there, <laughs> throwing up odds. And I like the idea of a visual rank that, and then like models would come out with the best jacket or yeah. kids would come out and reenact a scene. You know, there's uh for Star Wars Celebration up the road on the five freeway, a little bit is the uh, Commerce Casino in the city of Commerce. Charming neck of the neighborhood. No, uh, we should go there. Just do a live Star Wars rank in the sports book and ask them if we just throw rankings up. And maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. people would be so confused, including me. And me, actually. Uh, you know, uh, you mentioned it, uh, the jackets. I want to thank ev- everyone who listens uh, to Star Wars Rank all the time. But last week, our our, uh, our, our last episode out, 142, was our, our favorite Star Wars jackets. And we have not seen that kind of engagement on an episode <laughs> in a long time. There was a lot of jacket engagement. I think every once in a while with Ranked, uh, we hit the kind of topic that people sort of think about in the back of their mind, <laughs> but don't get a chance mm-hmm. to express. Like some of the big, deep ideas, like, hey, they get discussed all the time or a hot button issue gets discussed all the time but jackets i think it's like that sudden like people like hey i have an opinion about that i didn't realize how strong it was yeah and a great uh, list of of a lot of jackets we didn't include maybe in a couple cases overlooked there was a couple of them uh the del mico jacket uh down to uh, Zay Versio, uh, the generational jacket. I was like, oh, that's a great choice. I totally forgot about that one. So we, that's why we love doing this. And that's why we always say this is kind of our favorites. It's not a definitive list. And we really need to keep that energy going. And today's big topic, it is our favorite acts of compassion in Star Wars. Joseph, we're going from cool jackets to uh, <laughs> things that might save the galaxy. Actions that help all others. And there might be overlap between jackets and compassion. You never know with Star Wars because those are the, the two big themes in Star Wars, compassion and jackets. It kind of is. We always talk about the poignant and the silly. It's jackets and compassion uh, today. So in putting together this list, there was, as always, we leave it open for each other to kind of see whether we want to take the list, our own personal list in the show itself. So there might be little tiny moments of compassion that lead to bigger things or big galaxy changing moments of compassion and, and all things in between. And Joseph, in coming up the list, there's one we, uh, I think, both admit omitted because it's it is an it's a moment of compassion without a doubt, and it's a big one. It's perhaps the the one, um, but it just seems like it's its own entity, and that is uh, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, the throne room at the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that one's huge, and and I feel like a lot of those kind of huge moments are, uh, you know, we, we've talked about a lot in a lot of different contexts. They absolutely uh, deserve to be in the Hall of Fame of compassion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yes. like the idea that there is some, like, a compassion uh, museum, and there's a giant picture of uh, Vader tossing Palpatine. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh, employee of the month when it comes to compassion. Vader <laughs> tossing Palpatine down the shaft. But, yeah, I think uh, for myself, putting this list together, it, it felt like, okay, I could go for all of these like really big moments and try to create something that's like a little bit more um, uh, of the moment. But I found myself mm-hmm. gravitating towards the ones uh, that are, are a mix of big and mix of small yeah. and ones that just kind of speak to me or have been on my mind lately. That's a great thing. Well, a couple of mine are, are big moments I've talked about before and I just love and they mean the world to me. And other ones are in, in stop. It's not about going 
you know, sometimes you'll Google Star Wars acts of compassion and see what BuzzFeed article <laughs> from 2012 pops up. Sometimes you just kind of need to jog your memory. But there was a couple moments on my list where I've seen, I think it's similar to yours, where you're like, let me just sit back. When I think of that, what what pops to mind? And, and some interesting choices for myself popped in, meaning like, oh, I don't think about that moment a lot, but it's pretty important. And I want to highlight that. So uh, that's part of the fun of putting these lists together. Yeah, absolutely. For this one, I did go a little bit more on instinct. Uh, like I always make think through what's going to come to me and make a list. I pretty much went with the first, you know, five and then another five or so for the honorable mentions that yeah. came to me without sort of uh, as much of the uh, rehashing or agonizing that I sometimes do for my <laughs> list. So this one, yeah. I tried to just let it flow like the force. Let it flow. And uh, yeah, we mentioned the Vader thing up top only to say like, hey, if you're engaging with this episode after, that's why we didn't include it. Um, uh, feel free to include it on yours. Uh, that's uh, your list. This is ours. And we are going to begin our discussion working five to one. Our favorite acts of compassion in Star Wars. Joseph, what is your number five? Uh, my number five, I'm going to a classic one, one that I have lived with for many, many years growing up with the original trilogy. I think one that I have... Um, it's kind of emotionally felt. I've put myself in one character's place and imagined, oh, wouldn't it be nice to be comforted like that? <laughs> to have that compassion. So my number five is Leia Organa comforting Luke Skywalker after Obi-Wan's apparent death in Star Wars A New Hope. Uh, I think this is one that, that we have discussed a lot on Force Center. We've discussed it because it is a moment that I think flows beautifully in the film, if you're really just following the film as it's primarily Luke's story. Yeah. There are other characters there, other important things going on. And if you really just follow it from Luke's story, it makes sense. And in uh, screen writing parlance, this is uh, Luke's lowest moment, his moment of doubt. You know, can he go on? Should he go on uh, after this devastating loss? Uh, so it makes total sense and it flows. But then you can look at it from the other perspective of, hey, um, is this is this kind of wonky because Leia has just been captured, <laughs> imprisoned, uh, physically tortured by the interrogator droid, uh, emotionally tortured uh, by watching the destruction of her planet, including her parents, and uh, she's the one coming in with with the blankie and the pats on the back for Luke. What's that about? Uh, and we've discussed that, yeah. but I think for me, the way I wanted to come at it is both from the way it's always made me feel when I, uh, you know, as a kid in particular, identified with Luke is it's one of the greatest moments of comfort yeah, <laughs> and yeah, compassion yeah. I've ever seen. I just it I just feel it of Luke just being like devastated of I can't believe he's gone and, and Leia just being there for him. And like they've barely known each other for five minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. And that intuitive mm -hmm. connection is already already there between them and you can feel the comfort. But I almost put it on my list more for my modern perspective of this is a big part of who Leia Organa is. Of yeah. I have my trauma. I will deal with it. This guy probably doesn't understand it. Uh, I have the strength to compartmentalize it. I will deal with it eventually. But right now, I see somebody else in pain. And I'm a leader who helps all the troops, you know, pick themselves up and keep going. And I will be here for this young man who doesn't quite understand what he's in, but mm -hmm. did this incredibly brave thing to come to the Death Star and, and try to help me. And I know the pain he's going through that he just lost uh, somebody because I just lost a lot of somebody's. So I will have the strength to be there for him. 
Yeah, I love kind of sitting back and, and hearing you describe that scene and the both sides of it. And we, we we not only discussed the scene before, but we've discussed even the reality is it's probably a moment of uh, a, a female character underwritten and underserved. And it's all those kind of real world things. And I think you can have, look at that scene with that and you can also look at it in story. And, and I, I've always... Um, kind of stood behind your, your second description there of, yeah, it might be, I, I always kind of call it like a little air, right? It's a little air, maybe something that they, we wouldn't have that scene written the same way now, but then you take it and it's this wonderful building block for this amazing character that in a lot of ways embodies everything about Star Wars. I, I've answered uh, on podcast before, what's your one, the one key Star Wars character? I'm like, it's Leia to me, like, you know, like, and this is yeah. maybe before other characters come out uh, with other Star Wars material, but it's like, it's Leia. And then, so I do go back to that scene and say, for what, at the time, again, would George even do that the same way? I don't know. Would we want that scene to be a little different nowadays? Probably, at least to serve the character of Leia a little better. But I, I think in the end, it's this wonderful foundation for this amazing character. And I really celebrate that side of it. Yeah, it's just an act of great compassion to be, uh, no matter how much uh, everybody has some pain to deal with, Leia in particular, that she's just going to be here for Luke and keep him keep him yeah. moving and give him a little bit of comfort and a little bit of hope. It's a great act of compassion. So that's my number yeah. five. That's a great number five. Uh, great way to start us off. Uh, the blankie of compassion. <laughs> the Star Wars blankie of compassion. And a little moment that leads to so much more. And that is kind of the spirit I'm uh, beginning my list with. With my number five, it is Ray combination. Fixing B- BB-8's antenna. Saving him, yes. But more importantly, it's that nod for him to come along. <laughs> One of my favorite little Ray moments, one of my favorite Daisy Ridley moments. I've talked often in the past of uh, just the opening of Force Awakens with, with Daisy Ridley and on her own surviving and everything. I just, there's something, I, especially in the early days in 2016, watching that on DVD, Blu-ray, whatever, I would just keep going back to, I just wanted to see that stuff again because it just, you felt for her. You you, you wanted to care for her. I get, I get John Williams going, I'm protective of Ray and only want to write the music for Ray. It's just, <laughs> there's something so endearing about her in those opening moments. And I think it really begins with this. It sets the tone. It sets a great runner. Her 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 BB-8 and that antenna, right, is is one of my great little uh, running gags in Star Wars, if you will. But it's it's not just a joke. It's it's important. It's important to her character. It's important to their connection, and it sets her, I think, on the right path. And and it, it talk about a, you know, in screenwriting terms, you know, the old save the cat moment where you want to just kind of give someone that kind of moment where you're rooting for them. That nod, that little like, come on. It's like, yeah, that that this is who I want to put uh, put my uh, you know respect and admiration behind as we follow her journey, uh, and I absolutely love it. I love what it uh, what it does and how it drives her forward and 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 her connection with BB-8 and and that plays in a lot of other things. So it's a simple moment, which means I, I don't need a lot of words to describe it. I just love it. Ray BB-8 and the nod to come along on this adventure. Uh, that, there's so much great in that. I love, you know, ever since growing up, you know, you know, young, watching the uh, VHSs again, again of the original trilogy, and noticing the things that are similar, like, oh, they're all they all start with a star destroyer. It's always a thing I like in trilogies, in particular in Star Wars. Like, what are beats that are like these little connective threads, you know? Mm-hmm. And that uh, connective thread of Ray always checking the antenna of like, I know this is where you're vulnerable, yeah. buddy. Are you okay? Is the antenna in good shape? Is it uh, hooked up? Is it bent? Uh, that's a great runner, as you say, in it. And yeah, I think this scene is so important uh, for Ray, for BB-8, for the idea of compassion in Star Wars. Um, we talk a lot about hope and fear. Uh, and, and I think one way that fear manifests is cynicism, right? Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of the bad guy characters or even the morally ambiguous characters in Star Wars 
who have this perspective of, look, everyone is out for themselves. So only suckers would make themselves vulnerable by caring for others, right? Mm-hmm. And Ray has every reason to have that outlook, to have that cynical, everybody is just out for number one, you know, and the fact that one of the first things that she does when we meet her is rescue somebody she doesn't have to, mm-hmm. and then kind of put on that sort of like, no, you just go, I rescued you, but because but it's mostly because I don't like Tito. You go yeah. take care of yourself. You're not my problem. <laughs> yeah. And, and it takes just a little bit of pushing. And for me, I think that's a big part of why Rise of Skywalker works really well is Ray has a lot of facets to her, like all human beings. She has a lot of anger from the horrible way that she grew up, uh, a lot of fear of losing or hurting the ones she loves. But I think when Leia's like, you know, never be afraid of who you are. I mean, I feel like part of that is, you know, Leia could be saying, never be afraid of who you are because you're the person who rescued this droid and gave them shelter for no reason, just because that was your instinct. Yeah, that feeling, right? Hey, Finn's got some thoughts on feelings that you go with. Yeah, and I love to, you're right. I think it's the the novel uh, maybe explains a little bit more of she's really initially upset, like it's kind of her territory and and Tito is taken from her 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 stash almost like if this droid's in my territory i can sell this for 60 portions right and and how it just uh, that motivates her because uh, it's survival she's a survivor out there not just a, she's not a simple scavenger that's how she lives and and uh i, I love that and then just yeah and, and sometimes that's also life right like you get defensive or this and that and then there's that moment in that voice it's like uh, that ain't right and i can't do this i can't i can't just leave this droid deep and by itself in this desert so yeah it says a lot it says a lot yeah and they bond quickly yeah and i love that nod i always remember that nod because i think it was my second or third viewing of force awakens once i'd really absorbed all the big picture stuff and i you know remember that my relationship with the films is not only like in all the big ideas and big moments but what are those little moments that i look forward to seeing every time mm-hmm. and that nod i always remember feeling like Oh, that's going to be one of those little moments years and years later when I watch Force Awakens. Like, I like that little moment. Yeah, absolutely. is. So it starts my list off at number five, which means we're up to your number four favorite act of compassion. My number four is a bigger one. It's one with the plot really uh, hinges on where the character study really hinges on. I'm going to solo a Star Wars story and it is Han stealing the coaxium for Enfys Nest. Yes. Um, this is this is such a great study in buried compassion, <laughs> uh, <laughs> compassion that can't be denied. I love that it is sort of if you look at Solo as a is a character study, right? Yeah. He wants to be uh, the rogue and the scoundrel uh, and the outlaw, uh, and he has much like Ray, he has every reason to believe the perspective of hey, we're all in this uh, for ourselves, and he learns some of that harsh reality. Uh, from Beckett, uh, mm-hmm. but there's this part of him that doesn't just have this uh, a generic heart of gold. <laughs> yeah, has this sort of heart of specific empathy where he doesn't like big bullies. Yeah, certainly doesn't like uh, you know organizations like the Empire stepping on people, and he has such a huge soft spot uh, for orphans. Right. Yeah. So all those things coming together and the contrast between his conversation with Kira where he's, you know, being like, I'm an outlaw. I'm not afraid of anything. We can go on the run from Crimson Dawn. I already flipped off the empire. I can flip off Crimson Dawn too. No big deal. I'm a bad, bad man. And Kira's like, Oh no, 
not. And he immediately proves it with this and, and, and with her mm-hmm. saying to Kira saying to Enfys, like, I'm the only one who truly knows him. He is going to help you, not just because he's some Robin Hood who helps everybody, but you're mm-hmm. an orphan who is in the right. You are the little guy. You are the people and you are being stepped on by the big organized bully system. There's no way he's not coming running to you. Yeah. Uh, I love the the tag is that that Kira line too. You're absolutely right. I love that you picked this moment uh, because it says so much too. You know why we love Emphis. Uh, we kind of you know look at her as the, the face, the new face of the rebellion at this time. It's not a it's not military. It's the people rising up and uh, forming eventually a military. But I you know her needing to take that helmet off to be like, look, I need help. <laughs> Enough of this. I need help. And for Han to get that, for Han to see it, and yes, he's always in conflict. Yes, he wants to run away or be something else, but. For Kira to say it so plainly, nah, nah, he's gonna help you because that's what he yeah, does. yeah. And he gets he, and he watches out for himself. You know, he ends up getting that coaxium for Emphis, and that sets him on his journey. Uh, but this is really like, a, yeah, I, I can't let the system play out this way. So I think it's a great big moment of compassion, a character defining moment of compassion yeah. for Han Solo. Love it, love it, and it, and it, yeah, truly, yeah. He, he's 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 the character's still growing. We're all growing. You don't just level up and stay the same, right? Nope. <laughs> I helped this time, and I'm helping forever. No, I helped, and I got my things I want to do. So I agree with you there. Great moment. Glad you picked that one there, because uh, Han is a compassionate guy. <laughs> my number four. We're actually going to Star Wars Resistance, uh, season one, episode six, the Children of Tahar, and this is one that I had to sit back. Having some conversations with some folks recently about Star Wars Resistance, uh, you and I too off air, and we both love the show. And and it was a little bit of a different show and a little different vibe and look and feel, and people want that. And and sometimes uh, I think the show got just kind of overlooked. It came out in a weird time, the two season thing, everything. There's a lot of depth in these uh, episodes. There's some pratfalls. There's some funny stuff. There's uh, uh, pets peeing on floors and and the greatest uh, janitor in the galaxy will peep it. But there's also some wonderful things. And this. It's kind of overall moment of compassion, but then breaking it uh, down to this moment with Kaz, Niku, and the Chelidae. Am I saying that right? I can't remember. The Shell Folk. (laughs) Turtles who kind of uh, do all the... uh, Kind of, you know, the, the tasks, they're overlooked because they are they are like Opipa, the janitor, the engineers, the people uh, serving the Colossus and therefore sometimes just kind of get uh, stepped over in a lot of ways. And they might understand um, finding uh, actual value in people based on who they are, not what they are. And along come Kel and Elia, the uh, war refugees who come hiding to Colossus, the First Order is trying to hunt them down because these kids uh, are su- survivors of, of a place that could tell the tale of the first order. And in truth, I have some, you know, dark moments saying that he, he meaning Kylo Ren and they describe Kylo Ren and it was for us, I think season one, episode six resistance is, is I guess sillier at times, you know, and I don't, I don't mean that just like it's a cartoon for kids. It just, it has a different vibe. And this was one of the first moments I was like, Oh, we're, we got some bigger stuff going on on this show. And long story short, for those that know the episode, of course, you, you get it. Kaz and Niku, or, or particularly Kaz, are trying to get these kids because there's a bounty, there's a prize, there's money, and Kaz is broke and he needs money. And Niku's picking up the tab at Aunt Z's bar. Um, <laughs> but when they figure out what's going on and, and who they are and that they need help, Kaz, Niku, and the shell folk decide, yeah, no, they're going to help. And uh, I think it's a great moment of the character of Kaz, uh, the wonderful character of, of Niku, and uh, in, in a Star Wars show that was geared for maybe a little younger audience, it is a big, powerful lesson 
of seeing people who, for who they are and what help they need and what help you can provide them, even if you might not be in the position to. What a great big lesson of compassion on a wonderful cartoon. Yeah, I love that you picked this one. This is, a, in some ways, a, a deep cut because Resistance uh, certainly has a ton of people who love it, but it doesn't get uh, discussed as much. Um, and this episode was particularly powerful from lots of different perspectives. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree with you. It, it's just, it's in the press release. The The show was geared toward a younger audience, which means trying to bring that younger audience in. But just because uh, you're speaking to kids doesn't mean you are uh, speaking, um, you know, less intelligently. You know, yeah. or sometimes less uh, in with less complexity. And this episode does have a ton of complexity and I think is really rewarding for Star Wars fans of any age. Uh, for one thing, it's an episode where you are really forced to see uh, Kylo Ren mm-hmm. through young, terrified eyes. Yeah. And it really reminds you, like, he, he made lots of really bad choices. And he's, yeah. you know, we get to know the trauma that we went, he went through. We get to know the the hope and the possibility of Ben Solo, but through these kids' eyes, he is successfully being what he's trying to be, which is just a masked nightmare of terror, right? <laughs> Indeed. So you've got this good emotion of like, these aren't just like two kids running from like a goofy bounty hunter, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're running from an absolute terror. They have vital information about the truth of the threat of the First Order. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it hits those stakes really, really well. Um, and I think for me, I really like the moments where resistance kind of dives into a little bit of um, star Wars weirdness yeah. uh, in the, the, the shell folk, the chalady, the, the space yeah. turtles, uh, their whole environment down there of working in the, you know, the guts <laughs> yeah. of the, the station of the ship uh, mm-hmm. is just beautiful and weird. And it all adds up to a, a great moment of compassion because the stakes are high. The stakes are high, and there, there's part of the, the theme that emerges when uh, you know it's not just a, it's not just you're not exchanging compassion for information, or there's no value attached, but just by simply being compassionate, uh, uh, you know, bigger things can happen, and, and they get this valuable piece of information that they do take back to the resistance. Eloatsi makes an appearance. Poe, Leia's going to want to know this, and so there has value, but it doesn't come out of that wasn't what they did it for, and I think that's uh, just simple. You're broke, Kaz is broke, can't even buy a drink, but that's not going to stop him from helping others. So there you go. Kids, take notes. And adults. Maybe more adults. Hey, adults, pay attention. Uh, That is my number four. And now we are up to your number three. Uh, My number three, I'm going to the uh, prequel trilogy. Uh, I I wanted to feature some Obi-Wan. And this is an Obi-Wan moment that uh, I think about a lot, but we don't end up talking about a lot. And I think it's a moment of compassion. It's this bittersweet moment of compassion that is probably uh, uh, too little too late. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> part of what I love about it. Uh, I think Obi-Wan has been uh, compassionate toward Anakin for their entire journey. I think Obi-Wan yeah. truly values and respects Anakin. We get that in lines in Revenge of the Sith. Like, you know, he's he's never let me down. I think mm-hmm. throughout the Clone Wars animated series, even though they bicker, I think uh, Obi-Wan's love for his brother is is very, very clear. And, you know, his, Obi-Wan's desire for Anakin to succeed, not just as a Jedi Knight, but as uh, Ahsoka's, you know, uh, teacher. I think all that is really there on the surface. But I wanted to go to this moment of compassion where throughout Revenge of the Sith, we know that Obi-Wan knows that Anakin is hurting, right? We've got the the great line of, uh, I'm not asking you to do this, the council is. We, we know that he's gone to Padme because he's worried about Anakin. But I'm going to this specific moment 
that bittersweet moment that is the last time Obi-Wan and Anakin uh, see each other before mm -hmm. they are in conflict. And Anakin is in turmoil. He, he brings himself to apologize to Obi-Wan for, for being arrogant and impatient and uh, admits that he's frustrated with the Jedi Council. And Obi-Wan could do what he often does, which is kind of stay in grump mode, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and say, well, thank you. You have been. You know, uh, see you later. But Obi-Wan is in clearly in such a place of compassion. It's one of the times on the big screen that we get to see Obi-Wan really, really knowing what Anakin needs right now is understanding and support. You know, mm -hmm. the scene even begins with Anakin going like, you're going to need me on this uh, mission to uh, get Grievous. And Obi-Wan's like, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> so already being supportive. Uh, but uh, go into these lines of dialogue of, from Obi-Wan uh, when Anakin uh, apologizes. And there's just so much warmth glowing out of, uh, of Obi-Wan's eyes. And he says, you are strong and wise, Anakin, and I'm very proud of you. I've trained you since you were a small boy. I've taught you everything I know, and you have become a far greater Jedi than I could ever hope to be. Uh, but be patient, Anakin. It will not be long before the Council makes you a Jedi Master. Uh, a little bit of business at the end there, but I think <laughs> that just such a moment of... Uh, utter tenderness and compassion. We've been talking a lot about like the moments that often make me teary or move me in Star Wars are when um, one character gives another character something they just desperately need. Mm -hmm. And I think Anakin is in such turmoil. He's been, he's been given great advice by everybody he speaks to except for Palpatine. Uh, and I think partially what he needs is more, less advice and more emotion. Mm -hmm. And this is the moment where Obi-Wan just kind of gives Anakin what he needs to say, you, you are great. You have become a great Jedi. You're going to be an even greater Jedi. I know I sometimes have been <laughs> uh, grumpy and hard on you because I want the best for you, but you're great. I'm amazed by you. Congratulations. It's so, it's such a moment of compassion. It's so moving to me. And I think one of the, the greatest tragedy moments in Revenge of the Sith, and I think one of uh, Hayden Christensen's greatest acting moments is that smile that he has for a moment is is Obi-Wan leaves where he's just kind of like his emotional coffers are filled up <laughs> in but he's so in such turmoil it fades immediately like you can see his mind drift back to the dream about Padme and yeah. and all of that love that Obi-Wan just poured into him was received valued and then pushed out by all of his fears yeah Fear being the poison, man, that that rots that well. I I love this moment, and I wonder too, as as we as we record this, we we are a few months out from Obi Wan Kenobi the series and the greatest rematch in the, this century, uh, and everyone's geared up for them to fight. But I also kind of want to see if moments like this factor into any conversations or thoughts they might be having. These actual moments of brotherhood and connection and compassion, um, and maybe this is what this particular scene's what is what Obi Wan can't leave behind more than Mustafar, the fights, and I got to kill him or whatever. Maybe that's a big overrun. But I just, you know, the, this this particular moment, I, I, I maybe I did this too late. Maybe I should have done this more. I don't know. I'd love to see this factor in, in some way because it's a great moment. Yeah. And I love how much it continues throughout the storytelling that, you know, it ties into Clone Wars Season 7 when Obi-Wan's trying to get to Ahsoka and, like, Anakin needs a call. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I could, I'd just, I'd throw a surprise party for him. Like, he he needs everybody to rally around him the guy's having a hard time yeah. uh you yeah. know it, it's 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 compassionate uh and i'm so very curious about the show uh i could absolutely be wrong uh so i won't state it as a prediction i'll state it as a hope i really hope that the show is a bit of the uh an emotional rematch <laughs> every mm -hmm. bit as much 
as a combat rematch of I, I think that that's a great story to be told that Obi-Wan didn't stop Vader, but he also didn't save Anakin. And I feel like he's got to have a perspective of like one or the other, but not yeah. like this, not something in between. Yep. I agree. I agree. And it's nice for um, this moment you describe for Obi-Wan, you know, to get a little win because I think sometimes he's treated unfairly, you know, like you said, he's a grum. He has his own points of view. Don't, don't, don't overlook Obi-Wan. He's got a heart of gold, man. He does have a heart of gold, and I think it comes glowing out in this moment. So that's my number three. Speaking of hearts of gold, uh, some are buried in Beskar. My number three moment is the Mandalorian saves the child, because that's all we knew him as then, or, you know, Baby Yoda. The Mandalorian Season 1, Chapter 3, Deborah Chow's directorial debut in Star Wars, The Sin. And I'm going to the specific moment where Mando says, nuts to this. I'm grabbing my blasters and I'm going back in. There's a, a lot of already, uh, you know, two episodes in and really one full episode, that wonderful chapter two, uh, Rick Famuyiwa's episode. Uh, you know, there's a connection there, but it's still a job and he's breaking and he has, uh, Mando has the great conversations, uh, you know, the quite, the tough questions for grief at the beginning of this episode. What are they going to do with him? I can't ask. That's, that's against the code. All right. So we know, I think we're rooting. I think we're hoping. And I think, you know, Realistically and logically, you kind of know the show's going to go somewhere. I no surprise to me, at least in this moment. You know, it wasn't like he was going to leave him to die. That just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem Star Wars, but it doesn't matter. Knowing or kind of thinking something's coming to me doesn't always take away the absolute joy and the absolute fist pumping moment of victory. And the victory is a compassionate moment here. I'm going to throw off all that I know from my job, my training, the rules, maybe a little bit of uh, my upbringing, um, but also I think it ties greatly into who he was as a foundling and what he knew of that certain sect that we're all still learning more about. Um, and that's, I just love, and, and, and love that moment. And, and, and from the first moment they touch uh, fingers, uh, you know, uh, the, at the beginning of chapter one, at the end of the episode, I should say, to this moment, you're rooting for it. And when it happens, it's a celebration of joy. It's a celebration of of violence there between uh, Amanda and the Imperials. And, and then of course leads to his, uh, his, uh, at the time buddies, uh, you know, who had maybe forsaken him and, 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 and said he'd lost the way coming back and saying, this is the way. So it leads to again, much more, even though he wasn't asking for any of that, that moment, he just did something from his heart and his heart was compassionate towards this uh, little being that uh, he already felt was changing his life. And he could not let that uh, that uh, that that being be hurt uh, sent to an unknown future, and we're all rooting for it, and it happens. So that's uh, that's uh, my gut reaction moment. I love when Mando saves the child. That is a absolutely great one. I think there are just so many em great emotional beats in it. Uh, the mm. way it is all built around uh, the the playing with the control knob is the thing that yes. just humanizes uh, the child. Uh, the fact that it, it isn't that that Mando dropped him off with some scientists, he dropped him off with some Imperials, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the client gives off a vibe. Yeah, it's not <laughs> and that, that shot of the child being pulled away in the pram oh. and just kind of looking at him as he goes. It's so you know, there's so many moments, right? It, it, it is. Uh, it, I think it is something where if, if the episode paused halfway through and there's like a poll, will will Mando rescue him? I think a hundred percent of people would say yeah. yes. Yeah. But sometimes the power is uh, the thing that you want to happen, feel must happen, that you're screaming at the screen to happen. Mm -hmm. That that thing happening and it happening in a satisfying way is what's uh, so powerful. I've also always loved that that episode is called The Sin and invites you to to think about, like, well, what is the sin? 
Is it uh, absolutely breaking the bounty hunter code? Is it risking uh, the exposure of the Mandalorians, which does mm-hmm. actually end up in lots of them being wiped out? Or is it the absolute moral sin of everybody is trying to tell Mando that that creature is not a being who needs empathy or compassion. It's a target and a payday. You know, it's a job. And that's really what, to me, what it comes down to of Mando is trying so hard, I think, to, to see it the way everybody's telling him to. And at the end of the day, he can't. Yeah. That's, that's a living, breathing being. And I think all the great uh, uh, photography, the great angles Mm -hmm. uh, in the way everything plays out in his memories uh, I think it's going to continue to go forward in the storytelling where they're now reunited. Uh, it's clear that Din considers Grogu a Mandalorian. They're a clan of two with their own emblem. Uh, what is that clan going to believe in? What, is, what does it mean for uh, Din to be a Mandalorian? And yeah. I think the, the visual language in that first season is, in Din's heart, a Mandalorian is salvation. You look up and they rescue you. Yeah. And he's been going around the galaxy and he's just a face of terror debt collection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the reason he's doing it though is to help the foundlings, right? Is is to find Beskar, find funds. He he exists to help foundlings. To him, in his soul of souls, that's what a Mandalorian is. So I think the the feeling that this little creature could look up and see somebody who see a Mandalorian that delivered him to his doom mm-hmm. is just. I think ultimately that's what Din can't can't take. That that's yeah. not what a Mandalorian is to him. A Mandalorian is salvation. Yeah, oh, Mando is Mando has salvation, and just I can't let that happen. I can't let that happen. That's that gut feeling that's driving a lot of these moments. Yeah, uh, compassion comes from the heart, comes from the gut, uh, but that still means you got to make the sacrifice. You still got to do that action, even if it costs everything. And at that point, Mando probably thought this cost me everything, but I'd do it again. It cost him a lot. It did. That's my number three moment, which uh, means we're up to your number two a favorite act of compassion in Star Wars. Look, there's a lot of compassion in The Mandalorian, so we're staying there. Uh, My mind went to this. There are many, many Grogu moments uh, that I thought about or Grogu-related moments, Uh, but I'm going to uh, the frog lady and frog husband babysitting Grogu. Mm. (laughs) We're talking about some of these big titanic acts of, you know, saving someone from certain death and all these kind of things uh, as acts of compassion. Um, I know that this, uh, the whole journey with the frog lady was controversial, uh, mm-hmm. which I really, really understand. And to this day, if there's somebody who goes like, that hits, uh, Grogu eating uh, the the mm-hmm. eggs as a joke hits too close to home and, and I don't enjoy it. I hear that. I respect that. I totally get it. Not trying to change anyone's mind if that's how they feel. Uh, but for me, what I really liked is there was this uh, episode where Grogu is young uh, much like real toddlers, kind of hungry, mm. eating anything that he can get his hands on when the adults aren't looking, right? <laughs> um, and it and it pays off in this beautiful way where uh, the this kind frog lady who would have every reason to say to Din, like, hey, look, uh, that was a pretty bumpy ride you and your child gave me. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, I just, I paid you, you know, for your space lift your space delivery service. And I almost died seven ways, you know, (laughs) and didn't make it to where I needed to go. And now you're coming to my front door going, can you babysit this? And it, uh, it would be totally reasonable to slam the door shut. Uh, And instead, not only do frog lady and husband 
say, sure, we'll watch after the little tyke. There's that great scene where they're really teaching Grogu to see, like, uh, some, you know, you got you have to take a wider view. This is not food. This is another baby like you. And I think it uh, funnels through into uh, moments of growth that we see later for Grogu. Yeah. And for me, it's just, it's a great moment of compassion. It's one of the just kind of like, kind of like fun, kind scenes like uh, mm. that, that are like, the weirdness of Star Wars, where if you just described it, you'd be like, well, that's a bonkers scene. How's that going to make me emotional? Two yeah. giant frog people <laughs> babysit a Muppet <laughs> and teach them about the value of life. Oh, thanks for the after school special, right? It's so wild and weird, but you just yeah. feel every emotion of it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of compassion uh, and, and a different kind of pa- compassion, uh, maybe in some of the other moments here with blasters and, and uh, you know, uh, coaxia. I mean, this is this is truly uh, this wonderful couple, those parents and all these kind of things. And, 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 and a Bryce Dallas Howard moment, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We, we love her stuff. She gets so much emotion out of these scenes. And I think I think it's so sweet, too. There's something to it there. Again, yes, bigger discussion uh, erupted around uh, uh, the ep- episode prior to that. But I think t- to have all that eruption, understandable. And we, we were there for those conversations too. Jennifer had a great perspective on that scene, on, on those scenes as well. But to, to answer all that with this this moment of compassion, I thought, um, yeah, I know, played well for me. And I'm with you on that. Yeah, and I and I think I would be more have more issues with uh with it if it if it felt like a one off joke, but it is I think very much about uh Grogu learning, and it pays off in this episode uh, for me mm-hmm. in this great moment of compassion, uh babysitting Grogu and teaching him a bigger, better perspective. Absolutely, maybe one day he'll draw upon that. He'll, t- he'll when he when he can talk, you know, and he's like. <laughs> Frog lady taught me everything. I uh, love that there. Um, from that a sweet, a small, a loving moment, uh, we're going to uh, an epic fight, a duel that ends in death, but a great moment of compassion is found within it. My number two is Obi-Wan holding Maul in his arms as he dies mm. in uh, Star Wars Rebels uh, Season 3, the Twin Sons episode. Uh I guess we'll say again, yes, we have talked about this moment a lot. We did four center scene by scene. You can go back and listen to that episode. This has personally become, it was one of my favorite moments, and it's just become a moment I love more and more. So I, I even have my mini Funko Pop set up still, and Maul and, and Kenobi are squared off in a fight. <laughs> I now have it as a screensaver on my phone. <laughs> like, I thought you were going to say that they're posed, so uh, mini Legos are holding, mini Lego Kenobi is yeah. holding mini Lego Maul, which... I might set up now. If I could get them to do that, I would, but I instead only have the, the fight right before it. Uh, and I've said too, it's like immediately, I, I love the moment then um, back in the day when it popped up. And I think I, I've gone back to this moment a lot to, to learn from and to kind of reanalyze and see what it means to my life now. And I love when Star Wars does that, but highlighting just a simple moment. Um, we know what the fight's about, uh, change versus not change and all those kind of things, all the wonderful themes there. It's the end of this, uh, this long feud. Um, Maul full of vengeance and we know now a little bit even more of a Maul's story part of his part of the hole in his soul comes to the fact of I had forced skills I had forced powers and those Jedi didn't find me instead I was you know essentially sold into service of Palpatine by my my mother so to speak uh, 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 you know and I this I became this blunt weapon of, of, of evil and vengeance and it fueled me then i'm cut in two and i have to crawl out of that become a spider for a while and i've just become this monster and all of it 
going back to this thing of why not me? Why, why wasn't I picked by the Jedi for this wonderful life they all have? And I think sometimes I'm not saying I'm rooting for Maul, but I think you can identify with that origin story there in a little ways, which, which makes them, I think, a compelling villain. But all that to say, all that to say that ends as probably it should. Maul got, got, I don't, I guess got what he deserves. I'll just say it. I struggle to say it, <laughs> said it, but falls into the arms of the man he's trying to kill falls into the arms of a Jedi. And perhaps from a lot of perspectives, the Jedi in his life and is given this moment of, of compassion from Kenobi to die, at least in that moment with a little bit of care uh, around. I won't say love. I don't know if Kenobi was like, yeah, I love you, man. Sorry. No, but I think Kenobi, uh, going back to what you're saying. Yeah. He's a grump. He's, he's, uh, he, he loves bars. We all these wonderful jokes about Kenobi. He makes some mistakes, but here he is the, the, the true heart of Kenobi knowing that, uh, this is what this person uh, needed in this moment. And as they go, uh, they're not going to go out, um, on the, on, on the sands of Tatooine, uh, sliced. Uh, they're going to go out in my arms and, uh, uh, and I'll ensure some, some kind of peace, peaceful passing there. I've just always been moved by that moment as well as all the things around the fight, but I love that moment. I keep coming back to it and it's a great shot. That final shot. It's, it's worthy of a poster. So, uh, there you go. Nothing more I can really say on the moment I've discussed and we'll discuss again, but Obi-Wan holding Maul in his arms. One of my, uh, second, my second favorite moment of compassion. Yeah, no, I mean, this is this is a great choice. I think this is uh, definitely up there in the the absolute best of for me. And you're so right. We've talked about this a ton. Almost every beat <laughs> of that scene has like great uh, weight and depth. But the Obi-Wan holding Maul and giving him as much comfort as he possibly can is such an act of compassion. Even trying to find a way to say like, well, if vengeance is all you care about, then I guess I can kind of give you this little bit of uh your yeah. your version of hope is hope for future vengeance of like is the one you're protecting the chosen one he is well we will have uh you know revenge yeah. paraphrasing there but that idea of like well i'm i'm even trying to give you what you need um obviously is uh, is fans who've tracked this whole long relationship no this image this cradling mirrors uh Qui-Gon and Satine, the two of the most important people in Kenobi's life that were taken from him by Maul. This whole journey of of Kenobi with Maul is one of the reasons that I uh, I love Kenobi, mm-hmm. that I think of him as like uh, the Jedi in some ways. He makes lots of mistakes, but I think at his core, he's so clear on what it is to be a servant of the light side of like, I get grumpy, I get angry, but at the end of the day, the whole thing is about uh, try to be understanding of other people's perspective. Don't hate. Uh, He almost gives into hate when he first encounters uh, Maul again and Maul kind of, you know, needles Mm -hmm. him about it and Kenobi backs off. Uh, By the time that uh, Kenobi is facing off with Maul again uh, around uh, the, the time with Satine there, Kenobi actually says to him, like, I've been to your village. I know that some of this was not your choice. You don't have to do this. And again and again, Kenobi tries to, or Maul tries to rate Kenobi, and Kenobi just keeps telling him straightforward, like, that's the whole thing. I'm not, no matter what awful thing you do to me, I'm not going to break and I'm going to not, I'm not going to lash out at vengeance. I Mm. have empathy, sympathy, pity, compassion for you. That's what I feel about you. And then I'll also have, I have a duty to make sure that you don't uh, inflict your anger and violence on people I'm sworn to protect, you know? So he stops him uh, out of pure defense. 
but it's just it always just comes back to like yeah i'm not afraid of this it, it, you know and i'm not afraid of him it's i uh, it uh, i have to heal this old wound right it's yeah. just it's all about uh compassion and and that great jedi distinction of like I'd much rather just sit down and chat with this, <laughs> chat about this and figure it out. I will absolutely stop you if you force me to, but it is not coming from a place of anger. Uh, mm. I, I would rather sit down and talk and uh, I, I will hold you as you go if that's what it has to come to. Wonderful stuff. Well said. And it, and it leads to perhaps a bigger conversation. Again, we'll probably return to this moment many, many times to discuss it. Uh, and hearing you uh, describe your, your interpretation of this moment, yeah, I'm fine. I'm seeing there's a lot of balance in Kenobi at this moment. What, what the, maybe the true pur- purpose of Jedi are, like you've said. And also something you said too, Joseph, about, yeah, sometimes we all make mistakes. Sometimes you give into those anger. Sometimes for a fleeting moment, darkness enters, uh, enters your, your view there. Uh, and that's okay. It's part of the journey, but you must uh, recenter and push towards the light. And I think there's a lot of moments in this that you're describing that Kenobi's doing that. Maul's getting there close. You know, you're kicking dirt in my fire, man. <laughs> yeah, but you're not. You're not going to yeah. bait me. Like he's at Kenobi's at such a point of peace, and and uh, this is turning into our just our Kenobi television show predictions. I, mm-hmm. I I want the Kenobi show to be. How did he get there? How did he get to that place of? of real peace that he seems to be at. He's still worrying about the future, worrying about Luke, protecting Luke, wondering where it's all going to go. But for himself, he's like, I'm real centered. And yeah. And yeah, uh, the, the, you're not going to get a rise out of me because that's, Mm. there's, there's no rise to be had. (laughs) Yeah. Just compassion. That's why it's my number two favorite moment of compassion, acts of compassion, Star Wars, what we're talking about today. And we are going to continue after we take a quick break with some honorable mentions, the tough choices that we had to make in putting together this list and get to our number one choice for our favorite act of compassion in Star Wars. Stick around for more Star Wars Rant. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to Star Wars Ranked, episode 143 in an ongoing series ranking thing in, in Star Wars down to the little moments of compassion in the sand and the big moments up in space uh, <laughs> and all the things in between. Uh, we have uh, reached uh, our number one spot, but as always, we're going to take a look at some honorable mentions. Uh, tough, tough, Joseph, as always, like we say, it's tough to put together the list and, and again, where you want to go. And, and, uh, we mentioned the Vader moment up top. It's maybe its own thing. So, um, uh, I'll start with a couple little ones of mine. Then I really want to hear what almost made your list. And, uh, and this one, I don't even know if it was, I don't even know if it was an act more than it was an accident, but with the force around, you never know. <laughs> You never know if it was just an accident. I'm going to back to The Phantom Menace, a movie I put on last night while trying to finalize this list. And it's uh, Qui-Gon saving Jar Jar in the beginning, the very beginning, mm. which starts the life play, which starts the Houston have a life debt with this uh, Jedi here. Uh, was it accidental? Was Jar Jar just in the way? And he technically kind of leaps onto Qui-Gon, like kind of gives him no choice. But, <laughs> you know, Qui-Gon still saves him. That's what I say. Qui-Gon still saves him, setting off a, a wonderful chain of events. In fact, I say this moment is the one that saved the entire galaxy. Look, I mean, Qui-Gon is saying move, move, and, and Jar Jar isn't. Qui-Gon could have given him a big old force push. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, yeah. he gave him a force hug. Force hug, and he dropped to the ground, so they both, you know, could keep their heads there with that uh, cruiser going over them there. But uh, 
tank uh, carrier, but like, you know, it, it, he saved him. He's like, I'll, I'll protect you. I'll protect you. And, and I think that's, again, how the force might work. So Qui-Gon saving Jar Jar really could have just been the entire list. Yeah, no, that, that is a great one. Uh, then I'm going to Rogue One, where uh, just we talked earlier about those little save the cat moments, those string screenwriting tricks to make you go see you care about this character. And I'm, you know, joking a little bit. I don't mean that too cynically, but uh, it is what it is. But I love this little moment where Jin saves the Jedi child, Pendra Salu. Uh, I love this moment. I think Cassian sees it and sees, uh, again, who she is at her heart. And we know her struggles. We know what's been going on with Jen. Uh, we know where she's going to end up, but she's not quite there yet. But this is, again, going to some of the Han moments and some of these moments we talked about. It's what's in her heart. And um, mm -hmm. in the middle of this explosion of violence, she sees a kid, uh, a little child crying out in in pain, fear. And uh, she's not going to stand for that. It's 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 not... It's not, not worth her own safety. Uh, she's going to go out and save this child. And I just love that little moment. I just don't want to overlook Jin saving Pendra. No, it's such a great moment. I think uh, Jin is somebody who has suffered a lot of trauma and she's done her best, like we're talking about with Han, to, uh, to bury it and lock it down and look out for number one in that moment where she sees somebody and in, in a, a young child and really relates to that trauma and is going to risk everything to get that kid mm -hmm. safe is a, a beautiful little moment. Yes, that starts my honorable mentions, but what are some of yours? Yeah, um, I want uh, some bigger ones in the honorable mentions that I, I partially put in the honorable mentions because we've just we've talked about them <laughs> uh, yeah, a yeah. lot. Uh, but a huge one for me is The Force Week Awakens when Han tries to reach uh, Kylo. It is mm. such a struggle for Han. You said it so well. Like just because you have a, a certain kind of victory once in life doesn't mean that you don't have to find it again. Yeah. Emotions are never super easy uh, for Han Solo. Uh, but the fact that he is willing to risk everything, walk out on a railless bridge mm -hmm. <laughs> with an mm -hmm. angry force user, it doesn't matter that it's uh, tactically uh, unsound. Mm -hmm. It is Han trying to reach uh, his son and, and opening himself up in a way that's really hard for Han to do. Uh, and, and as we've talked about before, even after Kylo does the, the, the worst thing imaginable, that cheek touch that says there's nothing you can ever do that will make me stop loving you but to have han solo's last act be compassion so good so that one's on there mm -hmm. uh we talked about this a lot recently on uh mandalorian or rather book of boba fett report mm -hmm. uh but it really means a lot to me i've been thinking about it i think it is in some ways connected to the great babysitting of grogu yeah. grogu soothing the rampaging rancor Mm -hmm. That is, it's, it's a really huge Star Wars moment to me. I think it, it ties into everything that Grogu has been learning to really try to see other beings as, as sentient beings. Uh, I think it ties into everything that Luke has been training him to, to try to find balance, uh, that size doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, you know, then he's talking about Yoda and he was very small, but his heart was huge, right? Uh, and it's just in, in one weird image, a lot of Star Wars ideas of... Uh, yeah. You can see uh, things on the surface and you can see anger and you can meet it with anger and yeah. smash it back with violence. something. Something's going to hit you. Well, hit it harder back. And what if what if there's another option? What if you can reach out and go, I see you. I understand you. It's OK. Let's take a nap together. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cutest moment in Star Wars, perhaps. 
Uh, yeah, I love it. What, what, what the setups of the scene is like, you know, uh, when uh, Ranky the Rancor, as I keep calling him, uh, you know, is going on the rampage and, they, and and like his allies, his friends start shooting him. I'm like, no, no, you can't do <laughs> Sarah, that. my wife screamed, no. What are they doing? Stop them, stop them. <laughs> stop them, stop them. And Grogu knows the score. And you're right. I think it is. I think it goes back to the frog lady moment uh, uh, and her husband. I, I think it goes to uh, Luke lifting all the frogs, you know. Part of the community, uh, your powers can be used uh, uh, for for more than just your own needs. There, yeah, I think it all tracks and, and leads to uh, perhaps the greatest moment in Star Wars: a nap with <laughs> the rancor. And it's so clearly about uh, compassion and tenderness. It's not mm. just a I got to stop this rancor. I could use violence or I could calm him down because the way Grogu walks up and and pets mm. uh, his his little face and then cuddles up. Oh, so great. Yeah. Um, we were joking at the top uh, that there's connections between all Star Wars themes, including jackets and compassion. Uh, a moment I wanted to throw in there as well is uh, not only has Poe said that Finn can keep his jacket because he looks good on it after Finn then gets uh, that jacket cut up by vicious attacks from Kylo Ren uh, while while Finn is unconscious. Poe stitches up the jacket. Uh, it's a deleted scene where we learn that, uh, but you can see the stitches right there uh, when he's when he's giving him the jacket. Love that moment. Love that moment. Uh, great ones. I know you get some more here. I'll, I'll throw out some of mine. Uh, and uh, this, uh, going back to Han, I think, uh, you know, I was trying to, you know, uh, love Han and, and there's so much compassion in his heart and trying to figure out one of the moments that just jumped out to me. And I think it has, uh, it's a chain reaction moment where, you know, it's Han running back for Lando and L3 after L3 is shot uh, mm. there on Kessel. And we know that and, uh, excuse me, uh, Chewie has a reaction to that and, and decides maybe, hey, I'm, I'm investing in this Han guy. Um, and it's in the heat of the moment. And it's really a matter of, you know, it's your own safety, the mission safety. So many, so many stakes around you, but you're going to go back. You're going to go back for a friend. And this is the constant war with Han that I love. I love about his character. I, I love he learns and makes mistakes. Two steps forward, one step back. That That's very real. And so this one just, again, comes from the gut. There's no plan with Han. He'll figure it out. He's going to go run back for uh, his new buddy and the droid he just lost that he has a connection with. So I love that little moment. Yeah, and so powerful that Chewie sees that. And Chewie's mm -hmm. like, that's who that guy is. Yeah. All right, I'll stick with him. He yeah. needs my guidance. <laughs> he needs my help. Uh, another one is, uh, this one was when I was kind of just sitting back and maybe uh, what are the moments? What are the characters? Actually, and I think you probably put together a list, list the same way of like, what are the characters that just kind of you feel might have the most compassion swirling around their hearts? Which uh, doesn't mean if the, a character's not on our list that we don't think they have compassion. Uh, but I went to, you know, you're going to go to Leia. And I went to uh, a moment in Leia, Princess of Alderaan, Claudia Gray's wonderful book, still one of my favorite Star Wars books. And it's uh, the first big moment where, where young Leia is on Wobani and, um, and, can't uh you know it wants to save these refugees things aren't good there the 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 oppression of the empire is being felted but it's still you know they're under the rule of the empire and here she is this royalty from alderaan just learning uh learning the ropes and she can't get the crew out she kind of gets in trouble and she comes up with this idea to hire uh wobani refugees as crew about 100 of them as much as she can fit on the uh, tanavi 4 to get them off planet now, it does have some, uh, you know, there's some ramifications. Uh, her, her mother and father can't really explain what's fully going on. It might have, uh, you know, Breha gets a little mad at Leia. Like, hey, you know, you kind of messed up your father's negotiations to get all the refugees off to safety. And so there's some bigger lessons there for Leia as well. But I, I think, again, it goes to this core, this um, young princess, well-to-do, affluent, a uh, good life ahead of her if she just wants to put her head down on Alderaan and and we know that the the fate of that planet of course uh 
you know, not good, but Led, no one knows <laughs> that. It's not good. Uh, Led is not, but, but I love that. Ramus and Tilly's kind of puts it in her head too, of just, you know, um, um, it's, it's, it's important to help and important to help these people and, and use, use your position when you can. So it's a great moment of empathy and compassion and one of the first big ones in Leia's life. Yeah. And I think I love that it's a mission for Leia of like, I'm helping people. That's what I do. So yes. I'm not going to be here and not help people. Yeah. she's And, you know, probably she's like, you know what? And if I need to put a blanket on someone, I will. I will. <laughs> uh, and the final one for me to kick it back to you. Uh, I was looking at Phantom Menace. I was trying to find uh, something, moments in there. And I stumbled on the Qui-Gon Jar Jar one to start my list off here in honorable mentions. But there's some great ones with Anakin. Uh, you know, including, you know, yeah, I'll race in the pod, uh, pod race for you, Qui-Gon, uh, Space Wizard. Yeah, I want to do that because mom, you, you say we need to help people, right? That's a, that's a big moment. It's a big moment. But I was just, I was watching it and then what, what sets that all up is a sandstorm is coming and Anakin looks at his friends like, you got shelter? Well, we're going to get back to our ship. You're not going to make it in time. Come back. I'm going to give you shelter from the storm. Come back home. And Qui-Gon, mm-hmm. Padme, and Jar Jar are given uh, a safe haven in this storm by this uh, this uh, kid. Uh, and it, it is, uh, to me, one of the, the big first moments of compassion. The novel has that great moment with Anakin and the injured Tuscan. Mm-hmm. Um, on the movie, I, I, you know, a lot, maybe a lot, not a, a lot of people are super familiar with that. If you ever read Terry Brooks's Phantom Menace novelization, I think it's a great book. And that's one of my favorite moments in it. So that's in the heart of Anakin. And I think this kind of shows that in the movie in a small way. Absolutely. I think uh, Shmi has taught Anakin well, and he is he is just uh, full of compassion. There's so many uh, little moments, but that one's probably just uh, the most, hey, uh, your stranger's in trouble and I can help. So come on. Yeah. And, and watch it again. Uh, I think it's one of Jake Lloyd's finest moments because it, he's kind of like, you have, we all have those friends who's like, well, you don't, you don't have nah nonsense. Come stay with me this weekend. You don't need to go hotel. Like, it's just like, he's just like, nah, I'll, I'll get the bill. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Cause this is what I do. I help you. And it, it's, it's, it's great energy in that scene. I, lo- I love it. Did you have a bad breakup? I got a couch. Come on. You moving Saturday. I'll be there with boxes and pizza. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So I love that. A couple other honorable moments for you, sir. Uh, yes, uh, a big one for me is uh, is Finn going to Starkiller Base for Ray. Uh, that has some implications too, and it's uh, realized that he doesn't uh, quite have a plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but the utter uh, compassion of we've made this connection, and you saw me for me, and I see you for you, and that matters, and you shouldn't be uh, just grabbed away. It, you're you're as important as anybody else, and you know that moment where uh, where Chewie roars the truth, so Ray knows that that Finn came back for her. Beautiful mm. moment of compassion uh, and, and sets up a lot of their journey through that, the rest of the trilogy. Um, I went with a, a, a deep cut uh, of the uh, <laughs> yeah. in the novels as well. And uh, that is the the revelation in E.K. Johnston's uh, Padme books that Padme is deeply, deeply affected by seeing the situation on Tatooine, that there is still slavery, that it, the Republic is uh, not in a position uh, to to extend its reach and do anything about it, that the Jedi aren't intervening. And Padme's like, well, no. <laughs> yeah. And the, the idea that Padme sends Asabe to Tatooine to try to free Shmi, yeah. that it, that reads is very true to me, to that character of I'm going to use the what power I have mm. to try to make a difference uh, in this in this situation. It's a great moment of compassion. Love it. That's a great choice. Uh, and final one for me, this is justice for somebody who doesn't always get brought up when you're talking about things like compassion. I'm going to Lando Calrissian. A lot of this list, we've talked about uh, people who you uh, you would think would have just the, hey, I'm in it for me. Maybe even a spouse. I'm in it for me. Lando Calrissian uh, is often blamed mm-hmm. <laughs> for not uh, 
chasing Vader away from Cloud City, not uh, warning Han and Leia right away. Uh, he's looking out for number one. He's trying to keep the city safe. And then he realizes, yeah, no, this deal's getting worse all the time. So what does he do? He rescues Leia. He rescues Chewie. He rescues 3 uh, mm-hmm. And he warns the citizens of Cloud City. He did not have to do any of those things, right? He could have just rescued uh, Leia and Chewie and said, and as a condition, you're getting me out of here. And he could be could have been like, bye, suckers. See you around, Lobot. Um, and I know there's uh, some more stuff in the comics I've been reading about this, of his connection to Cloud City and Lobot. Uh, that stuff's all great. But even yeah. just looking at Empire Strikes Back, the fact that uh, Lando, uh, I got my own problems, Calrissian, <laughs> took that time to say, Get, the Empire's coming. It's no good. I care about everybody here. Get out while you can. I love it. The trustworthy scoundrel, man. I, I, yeah, absolutely. And we always go back to the great Billy D. Williams at Star Celebration going, hey, hey, back off Lando, man. He's a survivor. He had to do what he needed to do. But he's got a good heart. Yeah. Uh, love Did anybody song. die? Did anybody <laughs> die? No, I love it. And, and, and the added detail is also like, hey, warn the citizens because they're, they're, uh, they're my people here too. And uh, Lando's losing it all. We keep talking about these moments of compassion uh, come out of uh, uh, for the other people and, and often at the cost of yourself. And uh, Lando loses everything. He loses everything for this moment. He absolutely does. He loses everything to, to tell Will Rowe Hood to grab his Camtona. Grab it and run. Great honorable mentions. Man, we could have done a show just on those, but we have reached our number one choices here. Our favorite acts of compassion in Star Wars. Uh, I'll go with my number one so Joseph can close the show with his number one. And my number one is going to Return of the Jedi. No secret here. One of my favorite moments. It is Princess Leia Organa. She is uh, knocked off her speeder bike. She's knocked unconscious. Uh, A spear is jabbed in her side and she wakes up to find a a teddy bear looking at her. Uh, (laughs) A lower life form. Uh, What a gay. Stop that. And Leia gathers herself and sees Wicked as a potential ally. Again, not for some exchange, uh, not for, uh, you know, I'll help you, you help me. Just in that moment, sees him as something else, sees the fear in his eyes over any sounds he hears, sees his, uh, you know, how she getting his attention. She can give him food, which is the way to my heart. I'll be your ally. You give me a snack. Um, and, and it starts it's simple and it's, and it's Ewok since return of the Jedi. But, uh, you and I have uh, discussed this moment before and how it is uh, in many ways, it's the core of the rebellion. Uh, and how this key Star Wars statement on everyone has value uh, versus the Empire that shows up on this planet and is just setting up shop, kicking these uh, teddy bears all around the planet and uh, not thinking anything of them. And here comes Leia to see, uh, see it in a different way. And it's, you know, to me, an alliance earned out of respect and humbleness and compassion and a move not unlike her mother breaking with history and generations of uh, just um, – unresolved issues on it saying it nicely with the Gungans and the Naboo and her, her mother humbling herself uh, asking for forgiveness and asking for help. And I think in this moment, Leia isn't seeing again, you get me out of here. I'll get you out of here. It's like asking for help because I need help. And I think that leads to so many great things. It is my favorite little moment. It is the, the snack that changed the galaxy <laughs> and I love Leia for it. And it's uh, my number one moment. Uh, I think that is an absolutely great choice. I think a, a big part of, you know, compassion is seeing value in other people, uh, uh, respecting uh, who they are, their knowledge. And I think that's a big part of it. Like right away with this, when this happens and when she starts to make a connection with uh, this jittery little guy, they work mm-hmm. together to get out of trouble with the biker. And then uh, Leia thinks she knows the, the way to go and, and Wicked going, no, it's actually this way. Right. Yeah. And her just yeah. respecting that. 
and that leads to so many great things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, they, they take down an empire with those little uh, marketing ploys, as they were called in 83, <laughs> right? And uh, no, oh, it's, and To this day. <laughs> to this day, indeed. And yeah, my relationship with Ewoks has been like, loved them because I was seven. And then, oh, that's right. They're stupid, right? I, I heard they're stupid. Someone told me they're stupid. So I'm going to say they're stupid. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you and I start working with Jennifer Landa, whose love of the Ewoks has, uh, knows no bounds. And then I start to see it all in a different light. And this scene grew in importance uh, for me over the years. And so I celebrate it now as well. So I yeah, love those. A Ewoks. long and great Ewok journey. Indeed. That is my number one choice, but that means we've reached your number one choice. Joseph, what is your favorite act of compassion in Star Wars? Right now, my favorite act of compassion. I'm going to Rise of Skywalker, uh, and it is Rey's journey to uh, discover who she really is. She's got a lot of people telling her uh, who she is. She has fear about who she is, but we keep seeing these actions, these choices uh, that she makes that I think uh, reveals uh, who she has made the choice to be. This ties back to that great moment that was early in your list of rescuing BB-8. Uh, I'm going to Ray heals the Vexus. Yeah. Um, it, there, there are so many great moments early on where you see like, wow, Ray has been training with Jedi Master Leia Organa. Amazing. She has really powered up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that great shot of her floating and trying to connect. She is still after uh, uh, what she's wanted since the beginning, which is uh, more connection, uh, more belonging and understanding and family and the, the fear of hurting or losing the family she has. Uh, these great points of tension where she could uh, uh, give in to, to the fear and the anxiety and, and the, the malevolent voices whispering to that she doesn't have a choice, that she's born into the darkness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we keep seeing these moments where she chooses compassion uh, it, this is such, it, it, it has some uh, connections even to the the Grogu and Rancor moment, uh, right? Mm-hmm. In, or even Obi Wan uh, facing Maul and just imagining the idea of having a lot a, a lot of power, right? But mm-hmm. and you can use it lots of different ways. And you are faced by something that on its face looks like I just got to defend myself, yeah. you know. Everything from the horror of Maul to the, the the slavering jaws of the Rancor to a giant angry serpent that you have disturbed, right? And you're just talking about Palpatine, right? Okay, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, we, we aren't even getting to the old uh, <laughs> rotten gramps yet. Uh, but like a serpent, right? I mean, yeah. I think it's powerful yeah. that it is this image of evil, this image mm-hmm. of terror, and this moment of compassion that Ray takes a beat to try to figure out if there's a, a larger uh, uh, story that she's not seeing, realizes that the thing is in pain and tries compassion first and heals the vexus. And mm. as uh, we've talked about, other people have pointed out that it, there's that uh, fun line of her kind of explaining to uh, to BB-8 what she's mm. done and that a great uh, jokey line about you had done the same thing and he kind of reads it as a joke. It's like, ha, 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 droids yeah. don't have the force. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we see BB-8 clearly learning from that, giving the energy to Dio and everything about Dio is compassion, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> everything is about this this poor little guy um, mm. has been maltreated and uh, the the Ray's line to him of it's okay. You're with us now. Yeah. Um, that it, it's so, it's so powerful to see all these moments, but in particular, really Ray using this, her power 
to heal the Vexes, to literally give some of her energy to another creature. It's one of the great things I love about Rise of Skywalker. Rey is going through this understandable trauma, this understandable earned anger from her life, questioning herself constantly of like, what kind of person am I? Ah, you know, and, and all the while showing us, the audience, exactly who she is. Yeah. And you want to be like, Ray, did you see what you just did? Yeah, you want <laughs> That's to- who you are. <laughs> and, and that's one of the things that I love about it. And she comes to that eventually but we the audience are being given the information all the time of this is who she is yeah never be afraid of who you are but also we have everything we need right here right i mean yep. i is saying all this stuff to her and and sometimes that is that's it, it it's in your nature and, and and there's so much buried on top of it that you can't see it but it is what you keep doing yeah and i love yeah it is it is moment and we're making jokes about palpatine but it's it, it, it sets it up for that. And, and, and the challenge is, will she break? Will, will, will she give into that hate? Will she give into that fear and anger? And, uh, and leading to all that suffering, Star Wars keys, but all wrapped up in this, uh, this wonderfully designed, very scary. I'm not a fan of snakes, snakes or serpents myself. I might be in Poe or Finn's shoes, bringing up a blaster or a flashlight. Um, but so, yeah, but I'm glad there's someone like Ray to see the other side. And, uh, and it does have ramifications. We keep joking. A lot of this leads to world galaxy changing stuff. You know, BB-8 doesn't do the same thing to give his a little bit of his life uh, force to Dio. We don't know the way to Exegol. There you yep. go. There you go. Yep. It matters. And it's just a, all by itself, just a great moment, a great uh, visualization of uh, space fantasy compassion. You are uh, you roaring at me and I should be frightened, but I see that you're in pain. So I'm going to reach out and help ease your pain. Uh, that's compassion. I uh, absolutely love it. A fun list, a deeper discussion than jackets, maybe, but also <laughs> I would say just as important. We thank you all for engaging with that episode and we hope you engage with this one here. Joseph, thanks for sharing those acts of compassion today. It's great. Uh, I had a great time and it's uh, it's really helped my mood. <laughs> yes, on a tough day. It's tough to, you know, again, you know, focus on other people's needs and uh, acts and maybe you'll focus a little less on uh, your own struggles. Hey, but, you know, I'm not a, don't take it from me. I'm not a Yoda. I don't have great life. <laughs> I'm not a Yoda. <laughs> I'm, not a Yoda. I'm not a Yoda. Uh, but this has been Star Wars Ranked. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, you can reach out at Force Center Pod on Twitter and use the hashtag Star Wars Ranked. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. You can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash YouTube slash Force Center. You can find the podcast in a lot of spots, including Acast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Just search, find us. We're there and you can support us directly if you'd like at patreon.com slash force center from there you can get into our discord which is a bunch of compassionate star wars fans talking about the things they love and at times things they struggle with in star wars but we all point towards the light in that discord so join the conversation through our patreon page you can find me at catnapsock or go to my website catnapsock.com for more joseph where can they find you and all your acts of compassion <laughs> uh, well, my acts of compassion might be hard to find, but uh, you can at least see me uh, making some jokes uh, and hopefully not being a jerk on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com. Do it, my friends. Do it so for all of the creatures, Ewoks, frog ladies, rancors who just need a nap. This has been Star Wars Rank. Thanks for listening. Star Wars has been ranked.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.